0: This is Mark. And this is Kenny. And this is All I Want To Do Is Talk About Madonna, album nine, track nine. I'm so emotional. Frozen. So emotional. <laughs> I, I this is this is one of the best songs she's ever written. And it's so beautiful. And it's so ridiculously good. It's so long ass long. And I just want to live inside of it. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Love it. Love it. I mean,
1: I just wrote down Masterpiece. <laughs> it is a masterpiece. <laughs> Not the song Masterpiece, the the, the this song this song. <laughs> I'm much nicer about the song masterpiece too because I do like that song. Okay, but <clears throat> this C is an M D N A. Yeah, um, this is a true masterpiece. Yeah, and a great reason if you needed one, still if you still need one, for why William Orbit was ultimately the correct producer for this project. Here we are on the last um, Patrick Leonard collaboration of the album that we're going to hear right yeah she had you know when she was sort of trying to find her sound for the album she was she obviously worked with patrick and wrote all these songs and um we've been hearing these demos of versions that they made together and she had said you know when she she ultimately wasn't sure if he was going to produce the album she was going to go back and work with him We found uh, Matt Booth, one of our great listeners, sent us a letter that she she wrote to Patrick Leonard explaining who she was going to have produce the album or that William Morbitt was going to produce it, though she hadn't told him yet that she was going to produce it, that he was going to produce it, that she
0: was also thinking about Nellie Hooper at
1: a certain time as
0: a producer. And because Nellie was mostly a producer and not a songwriter and he would be more diplomatic on all the songs because she now had this wealth of material to pick from.
1: And that she knew that the songs with... Patrick Leonard were good, but she wasn't sure about how they were being produced. And she even said somewhere else, I don't know where this was that she didn't want Patrick Leonard to produce the album because his music was starting to feel to her like a, a Peter Gabriel album. you yeah. know. And in the demo of like Frozen, you can really hear that sort of lushness and that sort of synth rock pop sound. And yet and it's a gorgeous version, and there's different lyrics for the second verse, which yeah. are really beautiful. Which are
0: more about the relationship, unless the the love is a bird, he needs to fly, let all the hurt inside of you die. Yeah. Was a different lyric, and what i love about the revision is it ties it to the rest of the record in terms of what you were talking about about the elements and yeah. each of the songs is about water and the earth and the moon and the stars and madonna's place in the universe
1: yes and specifically you know i'll call this the third act of the album like we're now in the act about specifically about love now there's
2: no
0: Remember the first time you heard this song? Yeah, I mean, this was the song
1: that one of my classmates had been like, You have to hear it. Yeah, I heard it on the radio. Yeah. Because it wasn't out. You couldn't buy it yet, right? This was the time where, like, a single would be released on the radio and you had to
0: listen to hear Tomorrow, it. Tomorrow, at some point, we're going yeah. to release the new Madonna song. Yeah. We don't know when yet, but so you got to listen. Yeah. I loved it the second I heard it. And, and was surprised by it. Um, and I, uh, my, two of my close college girlfriends, um, Heather Collins and Aaron Van Wy, uh, had a dorm room together and they heard it on the radio and taped it for me. They were listening to the radio doing homework and they were like, oh my God, the new Madonna song. And they taped it. So the first time Aww. I love them both, I'm still very close to them. And, uh, I remember listening to their cassette that they gave me the next day because I had missed it, obviously. And I just, I was also very like blown away by how um, beautiful it was initially, how different it felt. Um, and, Yet there were those familiar non-vocal Madonna ooze. I was like, oh, there there it is. <sighs> and how and how amazing her voice sounded. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. If I could melt your heart mm-hmm. we'd never be apart. Mm-hmm. yourself to me mm-hmm. you
1: I think it's a really audacious first single for an album oh. you know and when it came out I was like wait this is what she's coming out with first but yet it totally set the language for everything to come correct
0: you know? and and it's also it it it, it kind of it, it's a, a continuation of the conversation she'd been having with something to remember yeah and, yeah and reminding us that she was a balladeer and this was kind of a forward-thinking song but very much in that ballad vein yes and that's the thing i wanted to say about
1: why this is the perfect alchemy between Madonna, Patrick Leonard and William Orbit because Madonna and Patrick Leonard wrote this song together. And like we said, the demo captures a lot of what this song is. Almost all the elements of the song that are that are the final song are there. But William Orbit brings two major things I can say, and then mm. you can tell me. Yeah, um, one is the crispn- crispness and forward thinkingness of the production itself, so which mm-hmm. comes through the drums, yeah, and the rhythm and. Um, and the clarity of it—it it just like
0: pops in a different way, and particularly in the vocals, the way that the vocals all are kind of happening together. Yeah, and yeah. they change every time she moves. Every every chorus of it is different. Yeah, and in then, a slight way.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And then that he probably with her, you know, input or thought, like um, incorporates the strings because oh. the strings to me are what take this song to the highest level like there's something about when the when we hear the the orchestra in a way coming in to build up behind her like that takes the song to this place of like it becomes timeless to me like
0: It is, and what's so timeless? I agree with you entirely. Uh, what also is so fascinating is, is we've just had her doing a Broadway score with strings, with lush orchestras. This, the way that the the, the strings come in on this, there's a spaciousness to it. Yeah. There's there's an openness. Um, it feels, um, wider, yeah. expansive. Yeah. It's not lush as in, um, uh. Congested. Do you know what? It's not full. It's almost, it's this weird way that they're recorded and the way that they're tracked on the song. It makes it, 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 it almost makes it why It's it, like every every string instrument is a star in the sky ooh, versus yeah. collectively lushing it together.
1: Yeah, no, it feels like world music in that way to me. It doesn't feel like classical music. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It yeah. feels really connected in that way.
0: Well, and, and there's also um, the lyrics, the lyrics, yeah. the lyrics. Yeah. She's back to the person she was in Open your heart. She's pursuing. She's imploring. She's back to like begging her lover to open up to un- to warning him of your 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 if you don't open your heart when your heart's not open you're, you're, you are you know, you can't, yeah. you can't connect with me.
1: Do you think that like, cause I've, I, I feel that too. But again, as through all this album, she's coming with a different sense of experience than in like an open your heart where she's like, open your heart. I can make you love me. I'm going to make you love me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it Yeah. in this. I feel like she is telling this, the lover, the truth, like that this is the truth that you're, you're frozen, you know, when your heart's not open um, give yourself to me, please. But actually, it feels like she doesn't believe she can succeed. Oh, like, like or that this is the last gasp. Where in "Open Your Heart," it feels like at the there's beginning, a, there's
0: a forlornness to the vocal that I just he on, on this. That, like she's
1: tired. Yeah, like she's and I, and that way too. I always think about biography here. Like I'm like, oh, is this what the story, the Carlos story, is? That actually, at the end of the day, that he really just wouldn't
0: he. Didn't open his heart to her I'm not sure if it's I, I it may be about Carlos. I always feel like that relationship is very like sacrosanct to her and I think there's a lot of sadness that comes with it because she would kind of gotten the idea of like a, a nuclear family, a mother a father and a, and a child and it wasn't enough to kind of keep the relationship alive and thriving in the in the form that it had been in and um Yeah, I think there's a lot of... um, And I I, I think what's interesting about this song is there's also a feeling of Madonna taking some responsibility for the failure of relationships and that kind of yearning she has to kind of... All the pieces are in place, but it's not coming together in the way that it should. Yeah,
1: well, I think that that's right. I mean, I think... It's so hard to say because we don't know, and this yeah. is this relationship even more than the others. And in fact, I always think ultimately we never really know the real the details of what happens yeah. in Madonna's relationships, which is kind of amazing in a way. Oh, right? totally, um, totally. But yeah, in this case, I think it almost seemed like she really it seemed like she wanted this to really work and that if we decide this song is about him, which I Mm. don't know if it is, um, you know, I think this is where she becomes great writer, actor, performer, like this story of like, well, the thing stopping us from falling in love is that you can't get out of your ideas. You're stuck. You're frozen in this. And if I could just, you know, change that we could be perfect everything <laughs> would be perfect do you know what I mean um, totally but her also reckoning with like I can't change
0: that yeah um is part of it um, well and but- that's also the wisdom of her being experienced and having more experiences and and you know she's she's 40 now she's looking there there's a wisdom and and a and a and a sorrow here that is is a new feeling and a new kind of Of color to her usual balladry and her songwriting. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's, there is a, yes, I think that that sense of gravitas of like, if I could just melt your heart, everything would be fine. Yeah. But I can't, and I know I can't is like, but that doesn't stop her from feeling it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is also mature, like, Mm Rather than not being tr-
0: afraid to feel it yeah yeah and, and living in this feeling like, yeah um have, have is there a relationship in your life that haunts you the way that this song feels like it haunts Madonna I mean I I think Not necessarily,
1: not specifically, but over multiple times, especially in my 20s and early 30s and even mid-30s, where I would you know, start to date somebody and it would get kind of serious and then we would hit this wall. And frequently I felt like the wall, it could be me too, but that the person became frozen. They were only seeing things the way they wanted to. There was no way to break those conventions or those ideas. And that like... I would spend, as that relationship was sort of hitting that wall or coming yeah. coming to an end in a way, I was not, not wanting to let it go. Yeah. And part of not letting it go is like, oh, if I could just melt your heart, this would be perfect. Yeah. We would have, you know, everything else can work if you just... Well, could love me. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. And see, I think
0: I'm much more of the person who freezes. Mm. I think that, because I'm, I'm thinking of two relationships that kind of were in their infancy in my early 30s where I, I made an act like I closed myself off mm-hmm. and I could feel it change him and... Why did you close yourself off? I think I was scared and I think um I was um overwhelmed, I think by the feelings of it. I think um some of it was timing. Yeah. Um I remember I had a bunch of creative projects happening all at once and I just I had to choose between like going away for a weekend with the guy I was dating or like hunkering down and working and I h- chose to hunker down and I think that was a ter- that was a message. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you you kind of you make decisions in relationships and they send messages and if you don't kind of take care of that messaging, you it can create a lot of problems. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you is do
1: you think that there was any time like do you regret any of those or do you feel like looking back like mm. no, I made the right choice like even though I shut down and that wasn't the right way to do it? necessarily did i did I miss like the love of my life for, because I was frozen?
0: i regret um I don't regret a specific relationship, uh, but I do regret not being more flexible about it mm-hmm. and being more i wish I'd been more open and more willing to to you know allow the person to unfreeze me and and be open to things. And I think what is interesting about Madonna is that she's very open and moves with the, with the, where the tide is going, where her inspirations are going. And I mean, you look at Madonna in 1998, 2008 and 2018, and it's completely different lives basically. Yeah. And, and, and I would imagine, um, a lot of her partners want a stable kind of this is what I want and and she can't she you're not built that a lot of people aren't built that way I'm not built that way I don't I don't want to, you know, it's interesting that those two relationships I'm thinking about, they're both very domesticated and happy now, those two men. And I I look at their lives and I'm thrilled for them, but I'm also like... It wasn't going to be me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: You know? Well, yeah, I mean, in that way, I think the love is a bird she needs to fly is probably like the truest line in the story. Probably. You know, because I think that is her... That is uh, her mo. Like she really, she really does need to fly. Like and she, like you, to your point, she's she's continually evolving. This is the thing we love about her. But I And can, true
0: uh, love allows you to fly. Totally. Like, like the 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 best kinds of loves are the ones that feel free and lifting versus tamping you down and pinning you down and yeah, and well, yeah, defining I mean, you sharply.
1: Yeah. So maybe it was like. Carlos wanted more of a nuclear family at this point, and she didn't want that, or Mm -hmm. she did, but not in the way that he saw it. Or, you know, I think this comes up multiple times, like in her life, because I even think with Guy Ritchie, this comes up in a way like he wants her to be Mrs. Ritchie. She enjoys that to a degree, but also, you know,
0: She's got to be Madonna. When <laughs> when it's time to
1: tour, it's time to it's tour. It's time to
0: tour. Well, and I, I also think like the geographics. I mean, Carlos Leon, he he's a wonderful uh, person and and still a an established actor and and person here and and he's here in New York. He yeah. is not in LA where she was throughout this time. And right, so I think right. that is also part of it. I think Yeah, he
1: didn't want to live all over the place, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, this is all conjecture.
0: Well, totally, totally conjecture. Yeah. One other way
1: to um think about this song or a way that i've been thinking about the song over the last couple days is like i think that there could be like a political bent to think you know a way to interpret the song through a political lens like in a global lens or a lens let's say like about like points of view like it could be about liberal conservative it could be religious it could be um you know about um a homophobia like all these ways that like people get stuck in their ideas and they only see what they want to see mm. and that
0: but that's interesting
1: you know and then like and that then the song has something of a it's more anthemic it's not just about it is about love but it's about it can be about love between two people but it can also be about this greater idea of love which sort of falls for me under
0: like the Madonna thesis or the Madonna, you know, brand. Well, and I think it's a testament to the strength of the songwriting and her growth as a songwriter that she's no longer writing songs intentionally anthemic. She's focusing on a personal story that then through that examination, it leads to a larger message.
1: Yeah. I don't know that intentionally she was thinking of like, you know, when you try to talk to somebody whose ideology um, yeah. actually freezes them in an idea or it makes it uh, uh, it makes it impossible to communicate with them
0: and i would also say her feelings of being an outcast which you know we talked about in um, from when she was in Madonna Rising and and being alone and friendless i mean i think she always keys into those people that don't feel heard and seen and so she almost always approaches her songwriting from that perspective and so it it can't help but include those mm, people again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. um and in a way that's just organic and not preachy and i think that that's where this song i think some of the you you've tapped into something that i think adds to the kind of iconography of this song and the longevity of this song and the popularity yeah. of this song is that fact that if it was just a love song I, I don't know if it would have this kind of like echoing ramifications that it continues to have. And because it has more to it and it is about keeping yourself open and keeping yourself um, engaged yeah. that people are always kind of re, re, it's a good reminder constantly. I mean, I, I've thought a lot about it in relation to, you know, my conservative thinking family members and, and how to kind of not try and prove them wrong, but just stay open because that in its own ways is is freezing up. You're freezing the conversation. You're saying, Nope, I'm wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. This is why you're wrong. And that's all we're going to say about it. That's not really going to work. It never really does. So it's this idea of like, I may, I definitely disagree with a lot of things they say and feel and act on, but I try and stay open so that we can keep the dialogue going back and forth. And even if they don't want to really have that dialogue, which is, you know, 80% of the time, hmm. it, they know it's always open. And I think that that's the key. And And I do, I have, this song has kind of reminded me of that again, of like, oh yeah! If I, it really does start with ourselves, and if we don't stay open, if we're not engaged in other people's ideologies, and I mean that's that's why this world today is so divided. Nobody wants to just stay open and and have these conversations, and that's why I think I think that things like the Black Lives Matter um, movement are teaching us so much about how to have those difficult conversations and how to have, um, and these attacks on trans rights and gay rights and black people and people of color, Asian people, all these different groups that are being marginalized, Jewish people, that they're being marginalized and attacked and other Muslim people, that by, I think by, the the silver lining of those attacks are it reminds all of us that we need to continually have the conversations and learn to have the difficult conversations in order to keep those things from happening. And that's part of the work of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. 100%. Everything you're saying is totally, totally right. I mean, totally what I'm thinking about too. And like, I think that you're what I'm really interested in what you said, I'm interested in all of it, of course, always everything you say. Uh-huh. Um, not <laughs> always. Yeah, not always. I'm not, not always, always That's okay. Sometimes I'm frozen. I'm not, my heart isn't open to you. But mostly I think- I can, I know, can think of a couple times in the last, in the season where you've been a little frozen. <laughs> I can think of a lot of times for you. <laughs> um, no, okay. Well, am I kidding? I don't know. Um, but no, I think that, you know, what you're saying to your point and, you know, about, your family, but also then, you know, that's, that's one microcosm of this bigger thing that's happening in our world and in our country and with our our families and friends is this thing of like, yeah, like you want to, you want to come to the conversation and be like, I'm totally open. I'm totally open. But then also identifying within ourselves, like I've done this with myself where like I find those places where actually I'm not really that open. Um, that part of being, you know, a gay, liberal, white, you know, privileged
0: person. Tremendously privileged. Tremendously privileged. Is is
1: that, you know, I'm always right. Um, you know what I mean? Or like, and that my openness is like, if you could just see it the way that it's right. Um, and that, you know, and that, that I actually think this thing about like having these difficult conversations is, um, really this, these ideas about, you know, um, I've been studying for school, for school, we've been studying, um, going on this big immersion into transformative and restorative justice practices as ways to open up our community, because even in like our school community, there's so many different points of view and so many people who feel othered and outside. And how do we bring everybody into a circle together and bring all of our experience and history and concerns and fears in the places we're frozen and have an accepting space where we can talk about, and then have hard conversations, but also know that sometimes also the more we understand each other, the easier those, even the hard times are.
2: Yeah. But I
1: think that the hard times and the difficult conversations are like, um, so hard, it's so much harder to be yeah. truly open, you know, and to really, really listen. Mm um is really hard.
0: Well, and 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 you know, we also I always think I always try and come back to this idea that everyone feels unseen, even those conservative um bigoted racist homophobic people or not even those people those people who espouse those views. I think there's a distinction to be made there. I think they're just as in as much pain as the people that they're inflicting those views on and causing the pain to like, I don't think anybody, nobody feels like they're having any fun being, being um, decisive and racist and mean and, 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 and closed off. And I think I try and I try and come at everything from that perspective of everyone wants to be heard and listened to no matter what. And, um, you know, I just saw this movie, Come On, Come On. And I've been dying to see it. Um, and it's with Joaquin Phoenix. And he plays uh, um, a man who um, he works for like an NPR kind of, of company. And they're going around the country making um, audio interviews with kids, asking them what they hope for their future and what they think the world will be like when they're adults. And it's, and and it's a little cloying to be honest, but it's also a really beautiful, Mike Mills directed the film. And it's a beautiful though, reminder of, Oh, the way people when they're asked questions about themselves and given an opportunity to talk about themselves and to express themselves, how people just open up no matter who they are or, what they what where they are on any kind of ideological spectrum people just want an opportunity to to be to be seen and heard and i think that that can be a really beautiful starting point for a conversation with somebody yeah
1: i mean you know one of the things we talk we've been studying in this work is like the first the first step to really being open and being, being in community is to be seen and to be heard that we all uh, see each other in space. Then it's sort of the, this is the way we're studying it is. The next thing is then to establish like, what do we agree on as a community? you know Mm -hmm. um like what do we think makes us feel like what can we agree on for this space that we're in together like how amazing would it be if like we could do that in all the you know in circles all around the country right and then like from there it's then it's about sharing stories about telling about like well how did i get to this moment you know and how how why do i feel this way and where did that come from
0: and how those stories are alike, because I can I can almost guarantee you that everybody in the world have a similar story. Yes. All of our stories, the circumstances, the specifics may be different, but the but the emotional reality to those stories and a lot of the developments of those stories are really similar. And, totally. and I think if people could hear each other and see those similarities, so much of the insanity that we're currently living with would be would be um would fall away totally, totally. everyone should just listen to frozen that's what we should all we should start every day this is what i think we should do kenny <laughs> yeah, finkel yeah. i think we should start every day instead of like the 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 um you know when they used to do sign-offs on um uh, at rate, uh, TV broadcast, like when TV stations would go off the air at the end of the day, they would play the, um, national anthem. I think we should start every day with Madonna's frozen Mm. and then start the day. I mean, it's a little doubt, like a little sad, but (laughs) I also think,
1: um, uh, maybe, maybe we could do one of the dance remixes. Maybe Um, we could do a mashup of frozen (laughs) and music.
0: Oh, there you go. So it'd be like up at the
1: end. Somebody, somebody who's listening, get on that. Um, I, I, this makes me just think like who is madonna in this song like i feel like in in our conversation she becomes more of like an omnis omniscient like you know like well as she is in the video which we're about to talk about like she's more of a, a mystical figure she's not human she's yeah seeing things from another place you know if she could melt your heart, isn't about Madonna, like open your heart. Like I'm, I'm on the same level as you. She's like on this other plane looking down and saying,
0: you know, well, I think she's looked at, at, at the life from both sides now. I mean, I think, I think she's also, you know, I mean, I think Madonna has, at least can identify because remember she grew up in a, a conservative Michigan household with a dad who's really conservative. His favorite singer Celine Dion, and you know he. I, I think she's she's been able to also being a parent now. She's been able to identify with her father and her stepmother a lot more closely, um, and we'll talk about that later in in the season too. But uh, you know, I think I think she's been able. She's used that. Um, knowledge to kind of lift out of the specifics of point of view and I agree though I think she's very omniscient here mm. she's guiding this like she's meant to do
2: now there's no point in placing the blame and you should know I suffer the same if I lose you my heart will be broken She's the So the
0: influences on this song, there's lots of um, things about the. Um, I think that she she read Paul Bowles' novel, The Sheltering Sky. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, and I also know that the kind of kind of Moroccan tribal. Um, she really loved the movie The English Patient, uh-huh. and I think she was very inspired by that as well with this song. There's definitely a desert, Eastern, Middle Eastern desert kind of quality to it. Totally. Um, and it kind of goes to what happens uh with the video which i think is an extraordinary video yeah it really is directed by chris cunningham who did um you know Aphex twins uh videos and bjork's some of bjork's best stuff from that time
1: masterminding the frozen production was a gifted young brit named chris cunningham best known here for an unearthly apex twin video I think she saw the Apex video and, and was interested and asked to see my reel. The truth is, is I, I probably became interested in the idea of doing music videos through seeing um, her videos, in particular her videos actually. there are a couple of videos that she did that I, I remember seeing and singing, you know, that's brilliant. I remember seeing Rain when I was a bit younger and I thought
0: that was beautiful. Yeah, really elegant. Um, and they shot it in the California deserts. Yeah. Very cold.
1: Yeah, there's the whole making of the video, which is sort of where the current loader interviews with her in the studio fall as well. And she's like, you know, relatively unhappy. That wasn't what they had planned. They didn't plan to be in this cold. Like they didn't really think about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, And she's got the this. She has a big black wig on.
0: Huge, huge. Well, th- th- she's a mystical <laughs> desert creature. Don't you remember that's yes, her character yes. in the video? Yeah. And um, and there's a dog in it. She turns into a dog at one point. Oh, I mean, it's a beautiful video. I love this video, and I love, and I love she, the look. Yeah. I love the look. It's so different than anything. After all of that kind of natural beauty and the kind of maternal dignity she had had in in all the Evita stuff and everything, and you know Elizabeth Taylor's thing. All of this stuff. All of a sudden, now she's like dark and goth.
2: No, don't say goth. No, the director won't like that at all. Well,
0: it's a genius, you know, as far as like... Um
1: the marketing of this album it's a genius way to start the album of like this album of rebirth but we're starting in the desert frozen m- shrouded in mystery we don't like i said um earlier we don't see her body until ray of light like we really don't see her like we see her eyes in this video and yeah. her her moving in her hands the spiritual hands the heavy yeah hands. um but we don't really really see her and then t- for that to like if like For this to be the first single and then the second single to be Ray of Light, where it's like color and life and body and you know, all of that, it's like it's like this unveiling, it's like this awakening, you know, and it's spring, right? The album was released
0: well, this yeah, yeah, this
1: came out in February, and so then in March, we're in rebirth and ray of light. Oh. You know, it's so genius and beautiful.
0: Well, and there's also those the, those cool instances, sequences in the video of the multiple the different yeah. the different versions. So it's almost like she starts to divide herself into pieces. Yeah, and she breaks up into the bird
1: at some point. She turns into the 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 dog, you know, yeah. like, oh, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous video.
0: And I just I don't know, like after all of the kind of um politeness of the last couple of years with Madonna. It was just so thrilling to see a total transformation again um, in the video to a song that's just it just comes from such a beautiful place. And, and it reminds me kind of what we were talking about with Nothing Really Matters, how it's visually interpreted still really matters
1: Yeah, in, sure. in the
0: reception of the song. Because I do think that the song came out and everybody was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And then that video came out and there was like, oh my God, this is so incredible.
1: Yeah, it, it again, affected deeply affected our experience of the song
0: for sure. Um, So there were like everything, because this was, if you recall, this was the first time we'd heard from Madonna with um, new stuff since 1995. And, I recall. Um, so we got a lot of remixes of we this did. fabulous song. Yes. Um, and I have to tell you, I was a basic bitch, Kenny Finkel. Was? I was a basic bitch because all I liked was that extended club mix. Okay that was 11 minutes long that was on the maxi single um, and it was this like thumping bass dance thing for like 6 minutes and then the song came in and then it all crescendoed. It was amazing but it was kind of like the gay boy mix. Hate
2: and regret You're broken When your heart's not open
0: I so, felt like that was the gay boy mix. The it was for you. I it, it, in 1998 it was.
1: Yeah, but since then have you changed your mind?
0: I have. I love the meltdown mix. Yeah, the meltdown mix is my favorite mix now. Uh, coming back to it, and it I'm, has that great, oh. but it
1: has it in this really nice. Um Kind of Middle Eastern Oh inst- I love like it
0: Instruments yeah. I love it If you see me running Through Brooklyn Right now I'm listening to The Meltdown Mix <laughs> Singing along Okay.
1: is the stereo mc mix i really like that that version of the song i like what it brings out in the song i think it it gives it a new flavor yeah
0: So different, those three mixes are very uniquely, each one is different, and I do feel like. And I remember at the time because, um, I was in college and, um, it was actually really hard to find that maxi single for some reason mm-hmm. in, in, in Columbus at that point. And so, when I finally got it, um, I was like, oh, there's only three, mi-. all that work for three mixes, but they were very each one was its own kind of color and theme and style, yeah. and. It was wonderful. And then we have these new mixes. Yeah. He
1: doesn't walk very good, does he? Dumper? Yes, Mama. What did your father tell you this morning?
0: If you can't say something nice... Don't say nothing at all. So the live performances. Yeah,
1: let's so she's done it a lot live. She
0: has done it a lot live. It's she did a whole sequence of of um, <laughs> So she did she did a whole sequence of promos, obviously. She performed yeah. this song live or quote unquote live. Um, all over the place to, to launch the album.
1: Yeah. The very first time, I think, you tell me if I'm wrong, is when she did it as a surprise at the benefit for the rainforest that uh, yes. Sting did. And there there is audio of that performance, which sounds fantastic. In and the it audience. was like
0: right when the song came out.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if the audience really knew she would be there because when she comes out, there's just everybody's just so excited to hear yeah. her. And she's just... Nails that song so beautiful. It's yeah. just a perfect song for her voice, too. Yeah. So yeah, yes. Yeah, and, so.
0: and and shows off all of the training from Avita that it wasn't a yeah. studio fluke and that she's yeah. she's doing it live. And there's also something I love. I have to say I love the gothic Madonna look of this time. Oh, she yeah. has all these high collared dresses on very like tight corseted in a good way um black ensembles navy ensembles with the henna um she's on the cover of spin magazine around this time in a similar kind of look with the blonde hair and she's unadorned on her head but the rest of her is so like goth there's lace and crinoline and all this stuff and i love that along with like those orchestras that they get to play behind her it's just
1: so moody and beautiful yeah and she she does various um alterations of that throughout or or different manifestations of that throughout the 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 rollout of this album. Yeah. And she does a ton of shows in Europe, which we'll talk about at another time, you know, maybe a little bit later. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Cause she does power of goodbye as well. Other times too. Um, But then she does this. We've talked about, she does it on Rosie. She, then does she do it again live, like in America? Can you think
0: of it? No, 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 no. She does it a lot in Europe as as we talked yeah. about it and all those different like top of the pops and things but like that. But mostly
1: those are recorded. They're yes. not live. Yeah. 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 Um, which I always, you know, I don't under really understand those but I, I, it's so
0: they can see her there. Yeah. She's there in person doing it. She does
1: it. all the interviews. There's some great interviews from that time. Yeah. Like yeah. on French TV shows and German shows.
0: And I think when she didn't tour behind um, Ray of Light and we were waiting, waiting for the tour, I think when finally the Drowned World tour was announced, yeah. this was one, this in secret were the two songs that I was like, I can't wait to hear how she does these live. Oh, yeah. In the in the context yeah. of a tour. Yeah. Cause well, I knew she I knew but with both of them she would do something different than she had done because it had been so long since the original yeah. performances that she was gonna reinvent them. Well I mean uh, I feel like
1: sonically she doesn't totally reinvent this song
0: on the tour no. but, but the
1: visual Oh my gosh. And listen the visual this is one where it works on film, but live I thought it was like the greatest thing. That unfurling of the arms that just go extend the length of the
0: stage. It was
1: yeah. There's nothing. There's no way that that could ever be captured. The how epic it was in person on camera. I'm so
0: jealous. I'm yeah, so that was. Jealous. I can't wait to talk about that concert. I'm so jealous. Um, and I think that there's something really thrilling about that performance of it because you also have to consider it within the context of the larger show and i think that that was what was so cool about it yeah 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 and then she's done it on four tours i mean it's kind of crazy how much yeah. she, she loves this song and she's she's sung it and um and i also know like when she went on tour the second year of the sticky and sweet tour she replaced um hung up with this oh really when she went on that second leg wait what was
1: so she did it on drowned world she did
0: it on drowned world then she did it on Reinvention. She did? Yeah. Okay. She did it on Reinvention and then she did it on Sticky and Sweet. Uh huh. And then she did it on Madame X. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. You know, it's funny. The Reinvention, like that era, I have a lot of like black spots. Like there's
0: a lot of things I don't. You'd be remember. surprised that set list. That yeah, set list yeah. is kind of bonkers. No, there's and, some great stuff on there. Yeah. I and know. I think it's like the fourth song or something. Oh, interesting. It's like the four, it's like the, it's like the, the one, it's like Vogue and then two new songs and then. Uh. Boom Nice Frozen
1: It's a gorgeous song I mean the Madam X version I think Is
0: that the best version Do you think
1: The Madam X I think I don't know if it is I know though When I saw That to me Was the highlight of that show Yeah And the thing I remember Because of the visual And Her vocals are so clean And it's just so beautiful I mean the song just sort of Yeah maybe it is the best version of it
0: reminded me in that context because again context is really important and for this song in in a in a live setting and it reminded me of oh the the madonna we love is still there yeah and there she is yeah. and we're uh, singing a song we all adore yeah and i mean i'm gonna say this and you always make fun of me but it is probably in my top five <laughs> Mark. (laughs) It is. It's so beautiful and so... Can you just say what your top five is today? Today? It would be open your heart. Okay. It would be frozen. Okay. It would be... Oh, God. um, Express yourself. Okay. It would be... (laughs) That was judgy. No. It would be um, bedtime story. Okay. And it would be... Extreme Occident. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the fifth one's always the the outlier. I want I want an open slot for okay, this fair. thing I need to but do, but not into the groove.
1: You oh, wanted, into you the wanted groove. That to play at your funeral. Into remember? the groove.
0: Five. That would be my fifth one. <laughs> into the groove.
1: All right. Fine. Well, we're gonna keep checking back in on this <laughs> movable top five. But I would it's say true. I would say Frozen is is pretty up there. I mean, it's it is. I think if there was like you know, this would have to be in the Madonna if you could only have like three songs that survived, this would have to be one of the ones. Wow, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. In the original version. In the in the long extended one that's on the album. Oh yeah. Not yeah. the radio edit that no, shortens no, no, it to like no, four and a half. No minutes. radio edits.
1: We can move through genre. We can we're moving through time. The thing about that is one of the reasons why Madonna lasts for me is that she's she really is a great actor. Yeah she really is. It's just, you know, when she puts that into film, it's different. But as far as interpreting a song, like she is so in the emotional state. She fills it. She plays, she lives oh. it. She's experiencing it. And she really conveys that. It really connects. Yeah. And like, not a lot of people can do that and that, that's what makes uh, everything about the song supports that, you know, it's just beautiful like that.
0: And it feels like this kind of it is a graduation in the album. It feels like all yeah. of the elements and if you have moments in it, and I do, I have a lot of moments on this record where I'm like, what? and um and just kind of weird things that just are feel dissonant for me personally yeah. no matter what's happened up to this point it all is kind of crescending to this moment in the album and mm. it's like whatever 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 moments you've had with the and and moments of catharsis we've had up to this point it's all coming into this song about heartbreak and yearning yeah madonna's favorite emotions
1: yeah yeah Well, we live in it for the next two songs, too. I mean, it's like this little trio is all about holding on or letting go. Mm. Amen.
0: Till next time. Bye.